Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Rotten Eggs by Dorothy Aitken. Look here, Herbie. Joe sat down on the edge of Herbie's study table. You just can't do that. The new principal can't help it that he has been chosen to come to our school and take Prof's place. Oh, Joe, you spoil all the fun. What's it to you if a bunch of us want to throw rotten eggs at the new principal? We don't want him to come, and we may as well let him know it. Herbie, if you were chosen to take somebody's place, would you like it if people did that to you? You don't know whether you'll like the new man or not. Maybe you'll like him better than you like Prof. Huh, Herbie scoffed. You know we never could like anyone as well as we do Prof. He's been here for so long, and everybody likes him, and the board has no business changing him in the middle of the year. Well, we don't have much to say about that, Joe contended, and anyway, he's going, no matter what we do. Throwing rotten eggs at the new principal won't keep Prof here. I think the students should be consulted, Herbie continued. After all, we are the ones who have to live with him. Besides, his eyes brightened, think what fun it will be watching the board members and the new principal trying to dodge those rotten eggs and tomatoes. Do you realize how long some of those eggs have been there? Herbie squinted maliciously through his hazel eyes. We found them one day just after school started, and we hid them in a warm place for just such an occasion. Oh, boy! Herbie could hardly wait to get started. Now, Herbie, this could get us all into a lot of trouble and make a terribly bad name for the school. It isn't going to do any good. The students have already presented their written protest, but the board did not consider it, so... Yeah, Herbie sneered. That's why I'm glad the board will come with him. We can get them all at the same time. As for trouble, if all the boys take part as we've planned, they can't expel all of us. And who said all the boys would go along with your plan, Joe asked. You mean you won't? Course not. I think it's mean and dirty and disrespectful, to use some of the milder adjectives, and I know some others who feel the same way. And don't think you won't get into trouble. How can we? Herbie interrupted. They won't see who is throwing them. Why, their faces will be so covered with that mess... Herbie almost doubled up just thinking about it. Of course they won't find out. Now look here, Herbie. As president of the Student Association, I can't let anything like this happen. I don't like to tattle, but something has to be done. Yeah, Herbie sneered. Just because you're a senior, you think you can run the whole school. Just remember that I've got more boys on my side than you have on yours. And if you tell... Oh, I won't tell, Joe promised. But I'll see to it that it doesn't come off the way you want it to. Joe left the room deeply disturbed. He really didn't know what he was going to do, but somehow he had to stop this plan. He sauntered down the hall to Bill's room. Maybe Bill would have an idea. No, Joe, I don't have any ideas without actually tattling on them, Bill sighed. But I'm sure we can get enough fellows and girls on our side if we try. I'm going to tell Sue, then you tell Rita, and we'll try to think of something, some way to outwit them. Joe's brows were knit in deep thought as he left the room. When Sue heard about the plot, she said, Why don't we just have a big student welcome for the new principal when he arrives and make it so official that the boys will have a hard time working in their rotten egg and tomato deal? You mean sort of a student association activity, Joe asked? Sure. Let's have a big outdoor reception at chapel time when they're supposed to come and march out with banners and surround the cars. Hey, good idea, Joe was enthusiastic, and we'll have Prof on the front line to welcome them, so Herbie and his group won't be able to throw anything without hitting him. Thanks, Sue. Joe left Sue at the dormitory door and hurried to find Bill. 
Joe and Bill kept busy the next few days painting banners, organizing speeches, and getting the permission of the faculty for their reception. The faculty, knowing all too well the deep-seated resentment at having their principal replaced, gladly cooperated. In fact, Joe suspected several times that they knew all about the pails of eggs and tomatoes sitting behind the laundry hedge. Reception day dawned bright and sunny. Herbie and his group were up early. They're playing right into our hands, Herbie gloated. Think of it. They're having the welcome right out where we can get good shots at them. He and his gang busied themselves before breakfast, carrying pails of eggs and tomatoes to hide behind the bushes near the driveway. Joe noticed that Herbie and several other boys weren't in class just before chapel. He bit his lip meditatively. He wasn't very interested in physics that morning. He was too absorbed in plans for the reception. Just before physics class ended, Joe left to make last-minute preparations. Yes, he confirmed, the boys were entrenched behind the bushes. The thing was to get such a crowd around the entrance that the boys could not aim at any one person. He hoped everyone had remembered to wear washable clothing just in case. The members of the school band carried out their instruments and began setting up on the sidewalk. The girls had the banner ready. Prof stood where the cars were to stop. Poor Prof, Joe thought. Too bad I couldn't warn him not to wear that good suit just in case all the plans go awry. Down the road, through a cloud of dust, the students could see the cars approaching. Joe glanced toward the bushes. Herbie's head was peeking over the top. The cars drew up and stopped, and the band began to play. Prof stepped forward and opened the door. The new principal stepped out, wearing a raincoat and carrying an umbrella. So he had heard. Joe felt relieved. Of course, Herbie would think he had told, but no matter. Now the board members were getting out, all wearing raincoats and with umbrellas in their hands. Joe glanced toward the bushes again. Herbie was standing up now, a mushy tomato in his hand, leaning this way and that, trying to find a good place to aim. But all he could see were students and Prof. Prof seemed to be everywhere. Somehow, he couldn't hit anyone without hitting Prof. Joe was soon making a welcome speech in behalf of the students, and as he spoke, he could see Herbie's face livid with anger. He half expected that tomato in his own face, but Herbie didn't throw it. Now the speech was over, and the board and the new principal were making their way to the ad building. You have some nice shrubbery here, the new principal commented as he walked past Herbie's bush. He craned his neck and looked directly into Herbie's face. Yes, sir, he repeated, awfully nice shrubbery. Then he winked at Herbie, who sat trembling, the mushy tomato still clutched in his hand. Herbie never did know why he wasn't called into the office to answer for his planned misdemeanor, but he was glad he hadn't thrown that tomato, for by the end of the year, he found the new principal every bit as likable as the former one. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.